and welcome to The Bench. I'm your host, your communications coordinator, Jessica Murray, right here at Mercy Church. And today I am joined by our lead pastor, Pastor Spence Shelton. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Excited to dig a little more into what we got today. Yes, yesterday in our sermon, we talked about marriage. Yeah, we did. Marriage as a covenant and marriage as a contract. Right. Do you want to fill the people in? Just speak a little bit yeah, more to that so idea. For those of you guys that got to listen, uh, the whole idea is, man, we need to see marriage the way God sees it and he designs it, which is marriage is um, it's covenantal love, right? It's a covenantal promise to one another, which set, which means shorthanded, I will, no matter what you do, I will still do what I'm committing to do. That reflects God's love towards us. But culture, our modern world is going to view and treat, maybe never say it out loud, but view and treat marriage more as a contract, which says, as long as you do, then I will also do. Mm, But if you don't, if you break the promise, then I'm out, right? And how important it is for us in the church to understand marriage based in God's love and not in the world's way and understanding of love, which takes us right back to the mm-hmm. theme of the whole series that God is love, God made love and God gives love. So I'll pursue his way of love in my life. And yesterday was all about the nature of that love. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even in your sermon yesterday, you made the point that the world is where we are learning mm-hmm. about marriage and what marriage looks like. And I think you made the point that our, uh, wedding industry, like the amount of money oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. people are willing to spend on their weddings, because that's what we're, we're taught from a young age to look yep. towards this day, but the wedding is only the day. That's right. So all that planning and time and energy goes into four hours That's right. on a day. And yeah. then you are in this marriage yep. that is a commitment for a lifetime. And I think you just made the comparison that our, uh, the marriage industry, which would be the churches right. and pastors who are doing conference. I forget exactly what you yeah, said. Like, like, <laughs> the conferences. Yeah, the marriage industry, you know, which would <laughs> yeah. be uh, local church pastors and counselors. Right. And then, you know, you know, I just kind of made the, I love trying to think about what would the reaction be to anything that I say. And it's like, well, <laughs> but aren't there like conferences? Yes. Those are the pastors and right. the counselors getting together and going, maybe the, we get together, they'll listen to us for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. It's just the whole difference between the way we spend so much money and effort on the day, yeah. which is great. But if we think of it, I, I was thinking about this a minute ago, like, um, like a race, which mm. marriage, you got a, a long marathon sort of thing. Right. Imagine spending all of your time training to get to the starting line. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, Hey, we're here. Oh yeah. Then the gun goes off. Now what? Now you got to run the race. Now you got to run Woo! for 26 miles. Get Did you prepare it all for that? Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for that? Wow. Now um, that feels like so, a plug also for premarital counseling. Big time. Yeah, absolutely. Big time. If you do not have, if you're uh, in that boat where you're dating towards, um, you've been on a few dates. You're like, you know, the point of dating, as we've talked about in the series is to, uh, assess for marriage. And now things are going in that direction of, I think we might be like dating seriously, going towards marriage, get into premarital mentoring. All right. Yeah. I can't say that enough. Um, if you get engaged and then you're like, Hey, we got three months. We need to get all our mentoring in. Mm. You, nope. Wrong. You need to get around some people already. Okay. Yeah. Um, get around some people and uh, make it intentional because you got to prepare for the race, not just a starting line. Yes. Two quick things on that. So if you are looking for premarital counseling resources here at Mercy, you can actually go to mercycharlotte.com slash member care. And you can see on there that we do offer premarital counseling. There's an intake form. We'd love for you to fill that out. 
If you're listening to this and you are single and you're like, okay, are they going to talk about marriage the whole time? Let me reassure you that I am single and non-married as well. And there will be beneficial things in this podcast for you. And just like you said yesterday, Pastor Spence, we are going to do a sermon at the end of this series, or we, you're going to do a sermon at the end of this (laughs) series on singleness. So if you're single out there and listening, don't tap out. There are really useful things in this, uh, in this podcast and in this series for you. And actually by way of that yesterday, um, during the sermon, Pastor Spence, you were telling us how married people need to fight for their marriages and how their single brothers and sisters can also help fight for their marriage, their marriages by praying for them, supporting them, being accountability, accountability partners. That was a really hard word to say, but (laughs) if we are single, uh, it feels like there should be a give and take. How can our married friends also watch out for us as singles? Big time. Um, And one of the things that is, I love preaching multiple times because as the day goes on, Um, the sermon gets filled out a little bit more um, after preaching it once. So uh, if you were at like the first service, for example, you missed some of the specifically commentary on this, but um, yeah. So uh, the biggest thing I'm trying to get at in all of this is that we as the church need to recognize that there is someone fighting against, um, against us, against our marriages, against our uh, faithfulness to the Lord, against our closeness to him. There is someone fighting the enemy. Satan himself is out to seek and kill and destroy. And that I've seen it just over and over again, definitely true in marriage. You're going to get into spiritual warfare. And so what I was trying to bring out was we as the church got to be fighting for one another. We got to be fighting for our marriages uh, and not just our marriages, but obviously the nature of this text is where, um, you know, that came out there saying, Hey, single people that might think, oh, this is just, I'm waiting around for whatever is for me. Mm. Um, we all have to guard against uh, when we're sitting in the, I think this is a huge lesson when we're sitting in a service or studying our Bible. It's not just what is for me, right? but is what is God showing me that might be, he's going to use me to mm. give this to someone else. Now that's right? really good. That's a change Ooh. in the way that we think. We kind of, yeah. We live in consumer land, so our brains can drift that way. And when we start thinking, oh, no, 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 this is equipping for me to use for someone else. And I'm going to go and I'm going to engage. I'm going to be their sparring partner. I'm going to engage in spiritual warfare with them. And I'm going to take this word and I'm going to pray over them and I'm going to speak this truth over them. It's a a totally different way of thinking. So then when we apply it to um, marriages, which we were talking about Mm -hmm. uh, in the sermon yesterday, uh, of course said, hey, single people, you need to take up arms and fight for your married brothers and sisters. But then uh, to your question, uh, we as, and as the day got on, talk more about this. We as, um, so I'm, I'm married, been married 17 years. We as married couples need to turn around and do the same thing yeah. for our single brothers and sisters. So they're not just there to serve us just like, just like a marriage. And then just like the church, mm-hmm. we are to serve one another. Ephesians five 21, um, we're to submit to one another. So single brothers and sisters need to come alongside, um, excuse me, married, Couples need to come alongside single brothers and sisters yeah. and lay out, be praying for them. Right. Same way, like be praying for them and come alongside, whether it's um, around Christ likeness, just in the simple walk with the Lord, whether it's in the area of, um, a, of dating mm-hmm. or, um, or saying, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling with, I, I am dating someone and I'm right. struggling with a relationship. I'm not dating anyone right now. What you're going to end up finding is it's honestly a lot of the same root battles mm. go on whether you are married or single. Like belonging, acceptance, yes. love. 
Totally. They're just going to express themselves differently because yeah. of the circumstances that you're in. Yeah. And the better we can do at um, putting down our, like getting underneath the circumstances to root um, heart stuff going on and seeing that actually we're all kind of not only made alike, but we struggle with the same things. Right. Man, the more we're going to find um, just a, a natural respect for one another and a mutual encouragement towards one another. And we're going to feel like, shock, family. Oh, yeah. Which is <laughs> what the church is supposed to be. Yes, that right? is your church family. Um, so, yeah. So, that's what I, I just, I would encourage if you don't have any married friends in your life um, or any single friends in your life, if you kind of like it just segmented off. And again, this naturally happens. So you kind of have to go against the grain. Yeah. Um, like all things with the gospel. Right. That's right. <laughs> Turns everything upside down. So man, I'd encourage you to do yeah. that. And you're like, well, where would I start? Here's an easy one. Get on a serve team. Um, yeah. In our church. Absolutely. Because those aren't designated by where you live or anything else. Right. Nope. So if you live uptown, get on a serve team. If you live way out um, in a suburb, get on a serve team and serve yeah. together. Um, my, yeah. for example, my 13 year old's, ministry team leader is a 25 year old single guy mm -hmm. who lives more towards uptown right. and is such a great influence on him and discipling him and stuff. I'm like, yeah. here's a guy we might not have naturally connected with, but serve. Yeah, him. absolutely. And I think even what you're describing right there between marrieds and singles, it's just open communication. That's right. Not even good communication because we <laughs> want it to be good, but you know, sometimes yeah, we fail somewhere. because we're humans, but even open communication, I can't tell you how loved I have felt when a married friend has said to me, not like, hey, I'm praying for you that you would be content in your singleness, but asking me, hey, how do you feel about being single? Do you want to be set up? Are you actually looking to date right now? Do you yeah. want me to pray for purity, for um, accountability, for contentment? Like it gives me an opportunity to say, hey, don't box me in as mm -hmm. a single in the church, but let me tell you this is actually how I need to be supported right That's now. Right. And so same thing goes for singles asking their married friends, not just assuming you can pray that their marriage would be awesome, but asking them like, That's what right. can I specifically pray for you in your marriage? Yeah. What is going on? And allowing people to, this is again, like we talk about sparring partners, allowing people to really know what's going on. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So open communication as the communications coordinator, I recommend Jessica Murray, open communication for it. all people. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, moving on to our next thing here, I did want to dive in a little bit more to just the idea that our marriages uh, in today's society, they do function like contracts, like whether we, yeah. we want to or not because of the sinful nature of humans, it feels that way. And so most couples are dealing with either uh, anxiety mm -hmm. or maybe they're dealing with entitlement. Yeah. And what happens is marriage becomes this scorecard of rights and wrongs. Oh. Just could you speak into that? How can we guard against that? Would you yeah. say more about that? Yeah. So uh, y'all, this is one of the things that I got a lot of um, quick and encouraging feedback on, but also like, man, we got to deal a lot more with this. I think your the way that you treat your spouse, married couple, the way you treat your spouse reveals so much about how you view your relationship with God. So much. Here's what I mean. If you view uh, your relationship with your spouse, if you're constantly a little bit worried um, that you're not doing enough, and that's a real fear that people carry. Um, and so I'm worried that my spouse is going to fall out of love with me. Or uh, if you're constantly feeling like your spouse isn't doing enough, they should be doing more. Um, that, 
this is both of these are indicators, either whether it's anxiety around what's happening in the marriage or I'm nervous about what they're going to do next or whatever, or they're not doing enough, et cetera. That kind of, that's a contract based marriage. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get a contract based view of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually uh, I bet if we were to pry would probably stem back to how you view your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Either you're operating from, you're operating from some kind of a contract based view of God and your relationship to him, which means you're nervous that you're not doing enough to satisfy God, uh, to make him love you. And you're nervous that his love goes up and down based on your performance that day, um, which is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Or you feel like you are a pretty good person. You have performed pretty well spiritually for years and you deserve something from God. And you're kind of tired of God asking you for things because he hasn't been showing up for you the way mm-hmm. you would like. So you're kind of stonewalling him a little bit. Both of those are contractual views of your relationship with God, and they're expressing themselves in how you treat your spouse. Mm-hmm. And you're treating your spouse the same way you treat God, which is not surprising because God has wired up the human heart, mm-hmm. and he's wired up marriage in such a way that our love for others flows out of our experience of his love. Yeah. And so if our experience of his love is contract-based, then most likely that's the kind of love we are going to be giving and receiving from others. Yeah, man. If you're to flip that around, uh, and or I shouldn't say flip it around. If you're to just torch that and get rid of it, because then Christianity <laughs> torch that and instead, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And instead, go after covenantal love. Oh my goodness. Well, then I'm able to love Courtney, my wife, whether she has had um, a good day, good week, good year yeah. as my wife, um, right. or. Uh, you know, regardless, I'm able to love her because my tank, lack of a better way to say it, my tank is full Your from the love of God. Yeah, the love <laughs> of God the Father for yeah. me. And yeah. so um, I reckon that doesn't mean we can't be frustrated. I'm not saying that all of a sudden you're just always happy yeah, go lucky. Absolutely no, not. Yeah, real life, real circumstances. That's not human. That's right. I'm saying the patterns that usually reveal themselves. Right. That, that's where you see what's really going on in your heart is day after day, week after week, month after month. Um, what's the pattern? What do you default back to? Is it frustration? Is it anxiety? Or is it security and peace and you're trying to work together? You'll be, oh my goodness, your pride will go down a whole lot if you're walking in covenantal love versus contract love. And that was yeah. a long a long thing to say. No, it's but good though. every single marriage deals with this in some way or another. If you wind up in marriage counseling, which you should do, you <laughs> should do it. If there's even a hint of what I'm saying, you guys feel a little bit more like you're in contract world. Go into the marriage industry, right? Yeah. Go get counseling. The um, if you have not spent more money on your marriage than you did on your wedding yet, get started. Yikes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just get started. Yeah. And, and counseling is a great place to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking while you were saying that for singles out there or for non-married, it would be so interesting to <clears throat> take that with your friendships and look at even your hey. friendships and how, yep. because how you are as a friend is likely going to point to how you are going to be in a relationship. No doubt. Yeah. And so I think if you're listening to this and you're not married, the easiest way to apply that to yourself is to say, okay, am I treating my friendships like uh, contracts or Mm. covenants? And I mean, it's going to water down a little bit, but still really good to think about. It is absolutely the same. Yeah. It's the same yeah, hundred percent. Couldn't affirm that more. Yeah, I think I mentioned yesterday: lonely, insecure, single people become mm. lonely, insecure, married people. So true. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah. For those of you that are single, if you're thinking you might get married, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but if you're thinking you might get married, man, allow the Lord the grace of working on you um, here now through your friendships. It will only 
prepare you yeah. for marriage. But Absolutely. either way, whether or not the Lord has marriage in the cards, that's still super healthy, um, a healthy word to say. Yeah, absolutely. I think to round this out too, moving into the end of your sermon, you made the most beautiful correlation because it's scripture. And so that's why it's so beautiful. Yeah, but the Bible ta- did it. Yeah, I the Bible, it God up. did it. But talking <laughs> about the uh, connection to the marriage feast of the lamb. Mm. And I mean, just knowing that regardless of our marital status, whether we are married, single, have been married, are widowed, whatever your status you are invited to the marriage feast of the lamb. That's right. I mean, I literally, I was sitting in the back trying to like not amen every single sentence <laughs> you said because it was so good. And so I think just by way of our listeners, if you could say just a quick word to that correlation because yeah. it instills so much hope in us today. Yeah. I would just point all of you um, and and me to back to Revelation 19. Um only two chapters after this. This is where this thing ends. It's at the wedding feast where the Lord has invited you. Um, And sometimes, um, sometimes we weigh whether or not we want to engage in sin out of a, just, we totally forget where the Lord is taking us. We Mm -hmm. totally forget eternity. And man, I think we need to spend more time just dwelling on um, where we are headed and letting that outweigh sin. And it is the wedding feast is where we were headed you are, if you are in Christ, you are married, all right? You are married. You are the bride. He is the groom. And there is a culmination of that relationship, a celebration that's going to take place yeah. um, around a table where you're not going to have to worry about anything, all the details and all the things that you're like worried about when it comes to a wedding and everything. And um, nope, it's all gone, right? All yeah. you have to do is just celebrate with your groom around the table. That is the truth for every last one of us in Christ. And so, yes, marriage is a beautiful gift, this side of eternity, but it's just, it's like just a reflection of that day. And it's a dimly lit reflection. It has nothing, nothing can compare to the day that will come. So put your hope, married people, put your hope there. No doubt. Put your hope in the wedding feast that is to come. Yeah. Single people, same Thing. Put your hope there and walk forward in that. Um, no man, no woman, uh, whether you're single or married, will ever be able to give you the hope that you're going to get by letting the Lord fill you uh, with all the fullness of God, yep. as Ephesians 3 tells us, um, as you look towards that day. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know if I'm a Christian and I don't know hmm. if I'm invited to that marriage feast. There and you, you want to talk more about that, we invite you to join us on a Sunday Come talk to one of our pastors or staff team or prayer team members. We would love to talk to you more because the invitation is yours. You just have to repent and believe. That's right. And we have that truth today. Yep. So while today is called today, repent and believe. The Lord is at hand and the Get Lord it. is near. Tell just, Jessica. What's going good. on here? All right. Well, that is all we have time for on today's episode of The Bench, but we're really glad you guys could join us. Thanks. Uh, if you are looking for an event to go to on October 22nd and the 23rd, we are having the Redeeming Sex Conference here at Mercy Church. You can learn more at mercycharlotte.com slash redeeming sex. We'll see you there. See you there. See you there.